Hey, this is Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. Want to say thanks so much for David for having me on the show. And as a way of saying thanks, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash weekly wealth, that will save you 20% on either a monthly or yearly subscription. Again, that link is schoolofpodcasting.com slash weekly wealth. Thanks, Dave. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I am super excited and actually really, really nervous because I'm interviewing the podcast coach um, about podcasting today. And if you've listened to a lot of my episodes, you probably have heard me refer to the show as we're a financial planning podcast, but we don't always talk about traditional financial planning topics. So today we're going to talk about a business building tool, podcasting, and how it might be able to help your business, which brings in more revenue, which gives you more financial planning options. And and uh, it's just been something that's been a labor of love for me, which is uh, podcasting. So today we have Dave Jackson of the School of Podcasting, an award-winning and Hall of Fame podcast coach. So hey, Dave, how are you? Great, Dave. Glad to be here, man. How many podcasts have you done in your life? You have a, a bunch of them, don't you? Yeah. I mean, in, if I were to go back to the ones that I don't do anymore, it's over probably 32, something like that. Uh, because there for a while, especially in the early days, everything I had a passion about, I would make a podcast. Like One of my backgrounds is customer service, and I think I did seven episodes of the customer service show, and then it dawned on me was customer service was something I did but wasn't super passionate about. Um, I did a show about my hometown, Akron, Ohio. Thought it'd be cool to do a local show. And it kind of was, but it, in the end, I'm not that passionate about my hometown. I love it. but Especially since to... it's Akron, Ohio, right? <laughs> so that those are a couple that, you know, you do it and you go, hmm. And then my, my very first podcast I did for probably 10 years. And then just after a while, I'm like, I think I've said they're all you know, everything I was going to say about the music business I've done, uh, peace out, see you over at the school of podcasting. So, uh, but right now I think I have at least five, which is, wow. you know, I always kind of joke and say it's a sickness, but it's, it's kind of not, it's, it's, you know, I'm podcasting every day. Podcasting is a, it is a weird sickness. Like, like I love it. I think it's fun and it's exciting. I get to talk to cool people. And, um, but yeah, it was kind of hard to get started. Did, did you hate your voice? And like, I think you have a really good speaking voice, but did you hate your voice? It's, it's always just weird. I didn't hate it, but the, it's actually a science thing where when you talk, part of the base of your voice is coming through your skull. You actually mm -hmm. hear through your ears and your skull. So when the first time you hear your voice through speakers, your skull is not involved, just your ears. The technical term is bone conduction, which I still say is a great band for a, or a name for a band. And uh, so it's just different. And some people I've had people like, I really hate the sound of my voice. And I'm like, well, we either need to get you a different microphone or different headphones. But I always say, have you ever been on the phone and having a great conversation and somebody just hangs up on you? And they're like, no. And I go, then there's nothing wrong with your voice. It's just different. And that's mm -hmm. sometimes that different is a little hard to get over. So a couple of years ago. Uh, a little bit with my podcasting journey, I changed investment firms and and I joined a firm that was going to allow me to have a podcast. And I had always listened to some podcasts. I love the Freakonomics podcast. I listened to some of the John Lee Dumas stuff. 
Um, I've listened to a lot of just kind of the motivational stuff, the school of greatness, and and I just love it. And, and I have a 30-minute drive to work, so I've listened to a lot of podcasts. So I kind of figured out a lot of podcasting on my own, which I wish I wouldn't have done because I had probably a hundred bad episodes and and I didn't really find you um find you until later on. But it's really helped me in a lot of ways to gain credibility with my clients and to position me as an authority figure. So, like, what are some reasons that you, some of the the students that you work with, like, why do they podcast? Because everyone is going to be Joe Rogan, and I don't think you're <laughs> making fifty million dollars a year podcasting or anything like that. So, why do people podcast? Yeah. So, like the one you just mentioned, being seen as an authoritative figure. So I've gotten a book deal. I've been hired at least three times because of my podcast. And so, and, and you get access to people that if I went to you and said, Hey, can I just pick your brain for like 20 minutes? You'd be like, uh, no, uh, get out of here, kid. You bother me. But if I say, would you come on my podcast? Okay. Now I'm going to share my knowledge and I'm going to make you look smart. So a lot of people are using it to build their network. I know one guy actually had to stop making his podcast because his podcast was bringing him too much money. Uh, so that was one. Yeah, that would never happen with me. Yeah. I, I would figure out a, a different way to deal with that. But yeah. And it also for your business, it delivers a more educated uh, client. I had somebody who was in real estate and all the kind of house buying and selling one oh one stuff. He put those out as episodes. And so like, how do I get my house appraised? So if somebody emailed him with that question, he would answer the question and then say, oh, by the way, we talked about this in our podcast. Here's the episode. And they'd go over to hear that episode. And then they'd say, oh, here's another question I had and another one. And so when they finally came back to him, they were really ready to you know, do those kind of uh, more advanced things that he really needed to get involved. So it's not the end of cold calling, but it can really help you educate your clients and, and future clients and prospects. So that's another one. The It's a global thing. That's really what got me hooked is I started my podcast and two weeks later, I had voicemail from Michael Van Lahr from Nuremberg, Germany. And I was wow. like, did he say, because I'm in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, out with cows and this guy's in Germany. So that's really what I loved about it. Uh, at the time, it was kind of techie. It's not. It's much easier now than it was in 2005. And you can be as creative as you want. So it's really your show to do with it. If you want to make it short, long, you know, funny, serious, whatever, it's your show. And it's a, a great way just to meet people without actually meeting people. You can do it from the comfort of your spare bedroom. Yeah, you know, and 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 the few clients that I've gotten from my podcast, I've found that they have been like 100% on board with my philosophies because they've they've been around me for lack of a better term, they know me, they know my personality because they hear my cheesy sense of humor. They, they hear my philosophies and, and there are different financial planning philosophies. So, so hearing me for hours, you know, over time, I think has really made them good clients. And I think we've both benefited. Oh, absolutely. I've never been at a trade show and had somebody come up and I'm like, Oh no, here comes, you know, Harold or somebody I'm like, Oh, this guy, I tend to attract people that are like me. They take their podcasting serious, but they don't take themselves too seriously. And so another way it, it can boost your business is when you produce an episode on whatever schedule you pick, you're seen as reliable and you become part of their routine. And then when you deliver great content, they're like, wow, I like this person. She's really great. She helped me with this or that. And then I always say, anytime you can make a point with a personal story, so one example is when Muhammad Ali died, when I was growing up, 
he was always champ and he was more of a hero to me because there was so much more to that guy than just boxing. And so what I did is I was still talking about podcasting because that's what my audience tunes into here. But I explained I was kind of bummed that he had died. I said, but let's look at what we can learn from him. You know, he was always promoting, totally unique, really talented, et cetera, et cetera. So I was still talking podcasting, but I was sharing a little bit about uh, my personality. And I had people email, they're like, hey, he was my champ too. So when you do those things, now they they know you, they like you, and they trust you. So when you say, oh, by the way, if you need help with something, whatever your service or product does, come over here and I'd be happy to help you. As you know, I'm in the financial advising business. If you did a search for financial advising podcasts, there's probably literally thousands of them. What are some other businesses that maybe you wouldn't think that that could benefit from having a podcast? Like you mentioned the realtor and I could see, I could envision a lot of real estate podcasts. Well, what are some other, or what are some crazy businesses that you've heard of? The craziest one, I, I have two. One is the chameleon breeder. And I was like, the the what? And this is a guy that makes cages for chameleons. And chameleons, that little lizard guy, like on the, the Geico commercials that change color and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, if I remember right, he might actually be a, a Geico. So I'm, I think I'm getting my lizards confused. But anyway. And he, the Geico gecko, by the way, which is not yes, a chameleon, but probably not similar. A chameleon. Yes. It's <laughs> and he I was talking to him. He said, yeah, my manufacturer said, can you kind of quit mentioning the cages so much in the podcast? Because I can't keep up. And I said, well, A, you either get a different manufacturer or or B, you know, you have proof of concept now. And what was interesting is his audience said, you know, we can get these these cages cheaper overseas. But because you've given us so much information and help, we feel like we should buy them from you. So that's the good old law of reciprocity. So that was one. And then there was one show called Living with Herpes. So you didn't have to guess what that show was about. And mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, wait, what? And so I interviewed the uh, the host of that. And she said, look, there's it's not something you're going to bring up at Thanksgiving dinner. Hey, Uncle How, you know, have you ever had the clap or, you know, whatever it is, it's not something you generally bring up. And so she called it her double secret probation Facebook group where people could talk about different treatments and there was no shame, no judgment, things like that. And so that wasn't really a business, but just a community of people that, you know, really bonded together. So. So she had nothing to sell, nothing at all, no service or. I don't remember if she had any kind of coaching or consulting. Mm -hmm. I'd have to go back and. and How not to get herpes.com or. Yeah, that would be something. I'm sure there's got to be. If nothing else, her podcast probably had a sponsorship of mm-hmm. some sort of treatment. I mean, that would be, you know, a hand to glove kind of fit. So anytime you can find a product, even if it's the most profitable thing is to sell your own product. But if something like in that case, that's where I always say, you know, a running podcast should have a shoe sponsorship. Some of these are just obvious. So if there's some sort of treatment, I know um, Lee Silverstein did the We Have Cancer podcast. It was originally called the Colon Cancer Podcast. And he had some sort of treatment that was a, a sponsor of his show. So that's another way that you can uh, earn income. I like it. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, you know what, I have this business and and I like to talk and 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 I think this would be a great, great way for me to get the word out and build some credibility with my business. I would not suggest that they do what I did and try to figure stuff out. Um, I would suggest that they find someone and and you would be a good somebody. 
But, um, you know, what would you tell them, first of all, like, as far as do you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on microphones and everything else? No, if if you're doing a solo podcast where you're just going to do kind of a quick monologue and, hey, come buy my product or whatever it is, you can actually start a podcast for 70 bucks for the microphone. You can make your artwork for free in Canva.com, and then you're going to need a media host. And so that can go anywhere from $5 to probably $20 a month, and you're up and running. So if it's a solo show, it's it's a piece of cake. Uh, if you're going to do interviews, then you might want to use something like uh, Squadcast. I work for a company called Libsyn, and if you have the $20 plan, we actually have a remote recording tool built into that. So, But on the other hand, if you look at advertising and magazines and all the online different tools and things like that, you're probably going to be spending less money on a podcast than you are. And when you advertise on the radio, let's say, you don't know if those people are targeting, you know, those are the people you're really trying to reach. And the beauty of podcasting is there's no spam. Like mm-hmm. The only people that are going to listen to you are people that want to listen to you. Because if I listen to an episode and don't like it, I swipe left, I unsubscribe, and there's nothing you can do about it. So uh, it's by no means you have to spend, you know, thousands. If uh, if you want to, like, you know, I said there's a microphone for $70 called the Samson Q2U that's great. Uh, but a lot of people, they see Joe Rogan and they think because that guy got paid $200 million, but it took him, you know, 13 years to get that popular. But his microphone is like, want to say $400? You really don't need that's that. That's not even that much money. I mean, but in, in the scheme of things, I mean, if that's yeah. literally the microphone the most famous podcaster in the world is using, that's, you know, it's not oh, yeah, tens of thousands. Because there are microphones that are exactly insane amounts of money. And a tool I use a lot is called the Zoom PodTrack P4. And I'm here to tell you, eight years ago, that thing was $1,000 and you can buy it now for 200 and then go podcast from the woods and even... <laughs> It even operates on batteries. So that thing does everything. And that's that's one of the greatest things. As podcasting gets more and more popular, more and more companies are making tools to make podcasting easier because there are, you know, millions of podcasters now out there. So there's actually a market for for tools just to make it easier. So let's talk about just like the basic basic process. So if I've decided um, I want to make a a podcast, and um, it's going to be about whatever my business does. You know, after that con- conceptualizing of of what I'm generally going to talk about, like what do I have to do next? Like, how does the world get? How does my podcast get to like Apple Podcasts and 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 those platforms? Yeah, so you like you said, you figured it out. Here's why I'm doing the podcast. Here's who it's for, and those are the two that you really need to figure out. Because even if we take something like, hey, uh, I'm going to do a show for widows. Okay, there's a big difference between a 38-year-old widow who lost her spouse in a car wreck versus the 97-year-old widow who lost her husband to natural causes. So you really have to know who you're talking to. And from there, you know, you get your microphone, you can use free software. Again, it's not going to cost you a million dollars with Audacity. Now, I pay for software called Hindenburg, but again, it's really affordable. And so you've created your first MP3. And if it's your actual first one, you probably want to throw it away. And I always say, athletes. I will athletes. never listen to my first episode again. <laughs> it, yeah. It's so bad. But yeah. you know what? You got to suck the first time. You got to start somewhere, right? But I always say, you know, athletes have preseason, authors have rough drafts. When I wrote my book, I went through so many drafts. I kept thinking, surely we're done now. And they're like, nope, here's another edit. Uh, so, but once you get that finished, 
MP3 file, then you get a media host like Libsyn or Captivate or Buzzsprout. Obviously, I work for Libsyn, so I'm a big fan of Libsyn. And from there, one time you have to go through and submit your show for approval. And this takes all of maybe 10 minutes to submit it to places like Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeart, uh, Pandora. There are a ton of these different places. And you submit it once. And usually by the end of the week, you've been accepted. And at that point, it's just a matter of, okay, time to record another episode. And that's really where kind of the joy begins. Once you get it up, you're you're launched. Now the real job is getting people to listen to it. And so that's where you can do everything from being a guest on other shows. You can mention it in your newsletter. Make sure you have a link in your email signature to your show. There are all sorts of things, but you really have to promote it nonstop to to get it but in it it's kind of disheartening when you first start out and you get that first episode out there and you get you know 18 downloads and you're like wait I've I've 24 people in my family how did I only get 18 listens <laughs> uh but eventually you know 18 becomes 30 becomes 35 becomes it's a I always say it's a marathon not a sprint but after a while it kind of starts to grow organically just by people telling their friends about it so what are some things when you listen to podcasts, and, and I'm not talking about like the professionally done podcasts, when you think of, when you listen to small business podcasts, like what are some things that you as a podcast coach hear and you like cringe and think, man, that's horrible? Uh, well, I was riding my bike last night and I was listening to one and the host was nice and crystal clear and their guests sounded like they were in a fishbowl. And I have my phones strapped to my arm. I can't really get to the volume knob, unfortunately, the way I put it on. And I'm trying to ask Siri as I'm riding my bike, hey, Siri, turn up the volume, which I did. And then when the host came back on, he blasted my head off. So that's one. It's so easy to fix unlevel audio levels. There are tools, again, that'll make that super easy. The other one is, and I, I am somewhat guilty of this. I do a live show on Saturday, and I try to keep it super short. But what I would just call the witty banter, especially if you have a co-host and you're like, hey, Dave, what's up? I don't know. It's National Hot Dog Day. You know, and then you talk about hot dogs for two minutes. Well, the title of the show was, you know, how so-and-so makes X amount of money in X amount of time. Why are we talking about hot dog day? Mm -hmm. And so that I always say, feel free to have that conversation and feel free to edit it right out of the show. Uh, I always say you're the you're the hockey goalie. And your audience is the net, and it's your job to make sure that anything that isn't going to give them exactly what they need gets cut out of the show. And that's the beauty of it. It's not live radio. You can edit it. You don't have to worry about sounding stupid. The only way you're going to sound stupid is if you let something stupid that you said. Um, and speaking of the woman from Apple, she's yelling at me for some reason. And uh, But you know, you can edit out anything so that you sound exactly the way you want to sound. It's a question I was not going to ask you, but can you say anything you want? Is profanity okay? I mean, is is this regulated? It is, but it's not. So, for instance, if I want to drop a bunch of F-bombs, absolutely fine. I, you should mark your show explicit. So when you set up your show, there's an option where it says, is this explicit or clean? And if you have to ask, the answer is it's explicit. In terms of FTC, if I say, hey the Zoom PodTrack P4 is the best. You should buy it now, which is the truth. In my book, it's one of the best. But on my website, I need to put, that's an affiliate link. And that's another way you can earn money. Which basically means you're earning a little bit of money if I click on that link and buy the microphone. Yeah, exactly. It's a little commission that I get 
uh, for that. And that sometimes can be a sizable income depending on your audience and the products that you're promoting. But that has to be disclosed. If um, I don't recommend it, but there are some people that will charge their guests to appear on the show. And so that has to be disclosed up front. In fact, the FTC just made a website specifically to start talking to influencers. It's like, hey, you can't wait till the last minute to go, oh, by the way, after you've talked to, you know, Bob, the king of, you know, sponges, and you've just done 90 minute on how great sponges are, you need to disclose this up front that, you know, if you listen on the radio, the following information is paid sponsorship, blah, blah, blah. You have to disclose that stuff up front. So I think I forgot to mention that I was charging you to be on here. So you're going to need to send me a check uh, with at least two commas in it, I think. That's it. Checks in the mail, buddy. So I was in an entrepreneuring coaching program called Strategic Coach a few years ago. And one of the main concepts of Strategic Coach was who, not how. And if I have just a challenge of some sort, it's better for me to ask myself who can help me, not how to fix it or how to do it. So you don't even know this, but you've become my who for podcasting. Uh, you and I actually have a, a, a scheduled uh, appointment later on this week to talk about some process workflows for the podcast. And instead of figuring out myself, I'm going to use you for this because you know what you're doing. So I love that. And, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the School of Podcasting, which is your business. And it's really, really helped me. Sometimes I tend to try to figure things out myself and I have to really push myself to find the who as opposed to the how. So if somebody was interested in starting a pod podcast, or if there's someone like me that maybe had 120 episodes, but they know that their show is good, not great, how does the school of podcasting help those people? Yeah, one of the things that I offer is the ability to listen to your episode and then give you feedback. And so this could be on your audio quality, it could be on your flow, it could be on your website. There are all sorts of things that you can improve. I personally, that is one of my mantras is just constant improvement. My background's in, in training and education. So I always think there's, there's room for improvement and people sometimes kind of worry about that. Like, Oh, Hey, I just spent, you know, insane amounts of time on this episode and now I'm going to serve it up to this guy and he's going to cut it to shreds. But on the other hand, that's your brand. And mm -hmm. first of all, I don't just cut it to shreds. I will say this was really good. I like that. Ooh, the audio sounds awesome here. But on the other hand, I had one person once that hired me and he said, I'm just not getting the activity I want. I can't get my audience to to engage. And I said, OK, well, I'll have to take a look at your content. He goes, oh, it's not the content. It's a, and it's one of those things like a, an athlete that says it's not about the money. And then they take a deal that's like in, it's when they say it's not the content, I can almost guarantee you it's the content. And so I listened and he had. No, it was seriously, I'm not making eight calls to action. It was like, follow me on Twitter, like me on Facebook, yada, yada, yada. And so by the time you get to call to action number four, they've already forgotten everything and their eyes are rolling in the back of their head. And so one of the things I do is I, I give you that, that wall that says, hey, do you realize you did this and you need this? I was, could not believe it. I got an email two weeks ago from uh, Kim Newlove, who does the pharmacist voice. She's a person that was a pharmacist and she's transitioning into voiceover work. And she said, Dave, you know, I love you. And she goes, so I say this with love, but you have a typo in the name of the School of Podcasting show in Apple. And I thought, oh, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. And sure enough, there it was. School of Podcasting, plan, launch, grow, monetize. 
I was missing the eye. And mm-hmm. so I drink my own Kool-Aid. I'm like, mm-hmm. you've got to have somebody else listen to it and get some feedback on it. And, you know, sometimes you have to, again, go back to who is this for? Because if I start spewing out a bunch of jargon, okay, now this show is for the, the seasoned podcaster, where if it's for a newbie and I start saying, oh, just export your show at 128 kilobits per second, uh, constant bit rate, I'm going to lose my audience. So you need that feedback. So there's that. And then we just have, I have a, a number of people that in theory are my competition, but they're not. They're people that are in there and I learn from them. They learn from me. We have um, marketing people. We have psychologists. We have pharmacists. We have, I mean, all sorts of, we have gamers. And so what I love about it is we can throw out a question and get a lot of different opinions and thoughts on it. And then you can make a, a decision. So uh, that's just some of the stuff we do, plus the the courses, the step-by-step courses. So if you're like, wait, what do you mean submit it to Apple? Well, I've got a, a lesson on that. Well, and I hope you don't change, but but your business model is not sustainable because you're so available. So there have been quite a few times I've, I've logged into my account on the School of Podcasting and there's a, you know, ask Dave a question. It's a chat here. And I type in a question and like eight seconds later, you're like, hey, how are you? And, and you give me a link to my the answer. And it, it's literally crazy how available you are. And, and I mean, I just love that. And it's such a great service. Well, it's just something that I looked at and I was spending a lot of time trying to get consulting clients because that was my quote, big ticket item. And when I finally started running a stopwatch on how much time I spent trying to get people to sign up for some coaching, or I answered a lot of questions for free to get them to spend an hour with me. And then I would answer all their questions and I would never see them again. And so when I started actually looking at the time invested, I was like, this really isn't a big ticket item anymore. And I've already got people who have said, Dave's my guy. I'm going to pay him this monthly or yearly fee. And I was like, let's just take that time and just spread it all over the people who are already giving me money. And I kind of joke about it, but it's the truth. When I look at all my competition, they are married with children and I am not. And so I have a lot of free time and I've had people I know, Dave, you have said, Dave, you, you really need to raise your price. And I should, but I, it sounds weird. I'm somewhat selfish and I love to help people. I love to see their, their shows kind of flourish and grow. And so for me to raise my prices to potentially, you know, lose a couple of clients that, that might think, ah, it's, it's too too expensive or whatever and that's just a mental thing i need to get over but i love to help people with their podcasts so that's when you see me online you know i if i'm working and i really need to concentrate i will turn that off mm-hmm. but if i'm doing something and somebody pops up on my chat and says hey what's the best microphone under 100 bucks i'll be like the samson q2u anything else nope okay thank you so it's not a big thing and i just for me i've had people say that doesn't scale and that's true And when it doesn't scale, hey, I'll jump off that bridge when I get to it. But in the meantime, I'm having a blast doing what I love, helping people with podcasters. And they're, you know, I've I've had people cry when because they've they've started and they're like, there's no way you don't understand me and technology are not friends. And I'm like, no, no, hang tight. And then they call me crying. They're like, I'm in Apple. I can't believe it. And so to me, that just puts so much gas in my tank that as much as I love money, I got new windows to pay for. But uh, that puts a lot of gas in my tank. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, you and I did a screen share and we moved my my platform from what 
my podcast from one platform to another, not rocket science, but just one of those things it's, you know, I would procrastinate about in case it didn't work quite right, but you were right there and we got it done and it's performing well. And it was a really, really good move. So that's the kind of thing that really, really, uh, really helps me. Um, I did, there's a bunch of podcasting Facebook groups and one of them did a free training it was two or three hours of training. It was, it was some valuable stuff, but the call to action at the end was to apply to get into their coaching program. And it was $12,000. So 12,000. Um, so like, let's talk like, actually like, tell me if somebody wanted to join the school of podcasting, where do they go? And how much do you charge them? Because I don't think it's twelve thousand dollars. It is not twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. If you if you sign up, it's schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, and you can sign up for a monthly uh subscription. That's seventy-nine dollars a month. Uh so you can you can have a lot of months for twelve thousand dollars. Or if you want to go crazy, you know, you can sign up for eight ninety-nine for the year. So you're basically getting a, a couple bucks off the uh the yearly price that way. All right, everybody. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode about does your business need a podcast? And a couple things that we learned. So number one, Dave Jackson is just a really cool dude and he knows a lot about podcasting. He's been doing it for a long time and he has the heart of a servant. So he really can help you out. Uh, number two, if you go to www.schoolofpodcasting.com slash weekly wealth, he's generously going to give you a 20% off discount. And this is not an affiliate link. I don't get paid for this. I just want to uh, help you to get your podcast started if you feel like it will be a great tool to help your business. And speaking of business, if you've ever wondered what it might be like to work with me personally as your financial advisor, I have a very simple process. So go to my website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com and click on the contact us button at the top. From there, you can book a 30 minute appointment with me, whether it be via Zoom or in person if you're local. And from there, we'll talk about your hopes and your dreams and some of the 30,000 foot level aspects of your personal financial situation. And we can decide if there are any next steps. Really, it's that simple and there is no cost for that appointment. So I wish everybody a blessed week until the next episode. Thanks, everybody. The information contained herein included but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other materials obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. These materials are provided for informational purposes only and should not be used for or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative 